Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. This podcast is brought to you by one of my fave jewellery brands, Sweet Rosie Jewellery. Owned by Rosalind Morrison, who is also the exceptionally talented designer behind the brand, Rosalind is not only a Glasgow gal, but she's also a member of the GGC, and so to have her as the first sponsor is totally amazing. If you check out sweetrosie.co.uk and at Sweet Rosie Jewellery on both Facebook and Insta, I can guarantee you will fall for the designer ranges showcased. And what's more, Rosie's creations are affordable, so don't come with a crazy price tag. And if you have any sentimental jewellery that you'd like remodelled into something a bit more modern, and I'm sure that's the case for most, I'm sure we've all got some sentimental jewellery in our jewellery boxes, then that is another service offered by Sweet Rosie. My mum, gran, aunt, cousin and more have all had this done, so I know firsthand of the gorgeous transformations. Having made jewellery for over 20 years, her pieces have been seen on an array of celebs including Gok Wan, Vern Cotton, Josie Gibson, Michelle Keegan and that is to name just a few. She was also recently asked by MTV USA, after a partnership with MTV UK, to create bespoke items to go in 25 VIPs goodie bags, including none other than the swoon face that is Bradley Cooper. Yes, Bradley Cooper will have something by Sweet Rosie Jewellery. So I can def, def, definitely recommend Sweet Rosie Jewellery and it's so worth checking out sweetrosie.co.uk on the run-up to Christmas, ladies. Hi guys and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in Glasgow interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. This week our guest is superstar stylist Kelvin Barron. Kelvin normally lives in London but he was up in Glasgow for the weekend so I thought that I would grab him. So I chat to Kelvin on this podcast about everything from his superstar clients including the likes of Michelle Keegan and Lucy Meck. We also chat about how he got into styling, the process of styling itself and how he's forged such a successful career for himself. We chat about the ultimate Christmas party look to adopt and more, so please do listen in and enjoy. And we'll also be catching up with Kelvin later in the year or towards the start of next year on trends that we should all be looking out for for 2019, so please do stay tuned for that. So without further ado, over to Kelvin. Thank you, Kelvin Barron, for joining us on the GGC podcast. Thank you for having me. This is our first superstar stylist on the podcast. Oh, wow. Very honoured. Very honoured. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. Not at all. So, we want to know all about you. So, you're a, you're a stylist. You're from Aberdeen, but you live in London. Yeah. So, correct. let's start from the top. From the beginning of where it all started. From the start of time. So, um, I'm from Aberdeen originally and I moved to Glasgow um, for university and I was here for four years. I studied journalism at Glasgow Cali and um, probably about kind of halfway through my degree I realised that journalism wasn't for me. Okay. Started university when I was 17 so it's really young, young age pop. to figure out of what you want to do with the rest of your life but I wanted to follow, finish my degree and get a qualification because I knew that was always an important and something I really wanted to achieve um, so I finished my um, degree and it was about you know 10 years ago that I graduated and literally after graduating loved my time in Glasgow but was really intrigued by the draw of London okay. and everything that I had to offer. So I moved to London with kind of no um, no real idea of what I was going to get myself into. Um, I knew that I loved fashion, but I didn't specifically know what I loved about it. 
Okay. Whereby I'd evolve a career. So I just started working um, in a little um, restaurant and bar in High Street, Kensington, because I'd always done waitering and hospitality during my university years, just to get some money. Uh, London's an expensive place. Yes. And um, I was there for a couple of years, just kind of finding my feet and having fun and traveling and um, figuring out what I want to do with my life. And um, the restaurant that I worked in was on High Street, Kensington, so really kind of prime area of London. And there was all these influential women that used to come in for these lunch breaks. And I got speaking to them and they told me they were fashion PRs. I was like, oh, what's a fashion PR? Because I didn't really know what a fashion PR was. So they told me, and then from there, I then went to do an intern- internship at the communication store, which is a big, one of the most influential fashion PR agencies in London. Okay. So they look after brands like Versace, Converse, Elisab. At the time, they had Jonathan Saunders, Christopher Kane. Um, so really big fashion accounts. So they basically represent the brands from a PR perspective. So get the brands into magazines, onto celebrities on the red carpet, and basically promote them to the best of their ability. Okay. So I was in that environment for six months and I thought, oh, this isn't so much for me, but I seen stylists requesting the products for shoots, red carpets, and I thought, oh, that sounds exciting. That sounds more like what I'd want to do. So when I finished my internship, I then assisted a stylist um, done actually only about four or five jobs because I'm quite stubborn and I thought I can do this myself I can do it my own way good for you and then here I am like seven years later and um, that's um, that's kind of my story and that how, how I got how I got into it so yeah so talk to us then about some of the clients that you've worked on if you're allowed to yeah I mean um, so I work freelance um, and I obviously that kind of encompasses quite a variety of things being a stylist so it can be anything from a magazine shoot to styling a catwalk for london fashion week um you can work with brands on their kind of campaign imagery you can consult for brands and um guide them on how their collection should evolve um but most of my work is focused around women in the media and um celebrities so i do a lot of kind of red carpet dressing um, and basically, you know, work with women when they feel they're in the kind of media spotlight and they need guidance on their image because okay. they're so kind of scrutinised. So I work with um, like actresses like Michelle Keegan, um, Cara Toynton, Helen George, and media influencers like Lucy Mecklenburg. Um, and then I've dressed, um, you know, I work ad hoc, freelance, so, you know, things come through. I've worked with Sheridan Smith for... BAFTAs and yeah I've, I've dressed a lot of amazing powerful women yeah. um, in the UK so it's a great job. So do you get nervous then like so maybe not now but how does it work so say a celebrity comes to you and says I'm going to the NTAs I would like you to dress me what's then the process? So I mean it's it's different for every client but I mean with a lot of my clients I've worked with them over you know, a period of years now, mm-hmm. whereby you get to really know the client and you get to know what they like and yep. what their comfort zone is and where you kind of want to go with their look. Um, you know, all women are different in terms of how much they want to experiment with fashion yep. and so on and so forth, how much they want to push the boundaries and what they're comfortable in. Um, so it's all about, you know, just working with the client and their expectations 
and you know kind of nurturing them and guiding them but the most important thing is that all they always feel really comfortable yeah absolutely so you then they come to you maybe you've worked with them for a while yeah and you know their style they can tell you oh i like my waist i don't like my legs Mm -hmm. i like this i don't like that and then you'll basically call up the fashion brands and say i'm working with x yeah yeah so i mean most of my um clients because they have um maybe quite an influential social media profile yeah or they get you know pictures on the red carpet um, I can work with all the brands from a PR perspective so I can Brilliant. get things loaned um, whereby the client will wear it and then maybe return it to the des- return it to the designer after yep. they've worn it. So it's all about managing relationships with the brands and of the PRs course. on one side and then I'm kind of in the middle and then you've got the the talent on the other side yeah. and then you work with a whole you know like, like a whole sphere of people like you know agents, publicists, hair, makeup. So Although I work independently on my own, there's a lot of communication. Of course. I think a lot of people don't realise how much of that goes into actually being a stylist. It takes up a big, big chunk of my time. So the creative process is, you know, actually like physically dressing Mm -hmm. is a small, small part of it compared to all the, you know, all the appointments you do, all the emails, like getting it together, all your returns after the job. So, um... There's a lot that goes into yes. it that people don't see. Behind the scenes. Um, it's also, it can be really physical. It can be very demanding. Like, I can be in central London, like, wheeling around two suitcases. I just picture you, Kelvin. On the tube. <laughs> like, barging people out the way. Like, jam-packed suitcases. But like, you're so trendy yourself. So you <laughs> walking along with these trendy suitcases. I try, cool. I try. But um, I think that, yeah, it's... Um, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And I've had people who have assisted me or interned for me or they lasted a day because they just haven't, they, they've got a misconception that it's all like champagne so parties and, and it's all glitz yeah. and glam and you, you know, you have this amazing social life and there is an amazing aspect to it. Like I get to go to some lovely events. I get a lot of brands host me. I get discounts and they're like amazing parts to the job yeah but it's a lot of hard work to get there and it's a very very small part of it as well yeah of course so then a question I asked you a question I went totally in the the opposite direction so in terms of when you first got your first VIP client was that nerve-wracking I think that it probably was at the time but it's do you know what? I think you just you just kind of adapt to it. And yep. I think that, like, I think a lot of my clients have been with me for a long time because I kind of, like, take no shit from people and I just treat people as their people. Like, yep. although these people have an amazing, you know, um, celebrity profile and maybe a million Instagram followers, they're just like you and I at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, of course. So um, I treat people, you know, really well and I work very hard for my clients. But I just treat them, you know, as if I would treat my friend or, yep. or whatnot. So... Um, it's all about working hard and um, obviously you want to press them because you want to maintain that relationship and you know I'm freelance so you know if you don't deliver you won't the, get the job you know again. people will stop booking you yeah absolutely. so you've always got to keep on top of it um, on top of your game like introduce new things to them or you know meet their expectations for that relationship to continue I think I probably was nervous um, at the time not so much nervous about so much meeting a client but I think when I was getting my first kind of jobs I was like 
oh, what will the press make of this? Right, okay. Um, yeah. Because it is daunting because you're so judged. And now I've got such a thick skin to it and realise that, like, fashion is massively subjective at the end of the day. Oh, of course. And, you know, what one person likes is what the next person won't like. Yeah. So as long as my client's happy and I'm happy with my work, that's the main thing. Um, And if, you know, the Daily Mail don't like what I've done, then they don't like what we've done. But then, like you say, the main person that needs to like what you've done is your client yeah of course and they've yeah. decided to go out reading it yeah so have you been in hot hot and not lists do you know do you know what i my personal styling is very quite very classic and feminine yes, um quite romantic um very polished so it is kind of hard for me to really get it wrong because i don't have any clients who are really that kind of um i hate the word edgy but like um People who kind of do that, yeah, hot or not list. It tends to be people like you're like avant garde, yeah, like your yeah Rita Ora's, Paloma Faiths, yeah, Nicki Minaj, and um, because a lot of people don't get that kind of style. style. Um, the especially in the British kind of like the the tabloid kind of media, like they expect a very kind of commercial look of how a woman should look. But yeah, I think um, I think you know those women look great and. It's not to everyone's taste. Yeah. But you still always got to respect it for, like, the artistry and stuff that goes uh, into it. Of course, of course. So, I mean, generally, like, touch wood, I don't ever think I've had any massive blunders. Um, and hopefully that'll continue. And so, do brands then send you their lookbooks in advance so that you as a stylist know what's coming up, what you can take from them? Yeah, I mean, it kind of works quite differently because obviously you've got like a kind of luxury brand market, which a lot of my clients want to wear on the red carpet. And then you've also got High Street. Yep. So obviously you've got your main fashion week, which is London, Milan, New York and Paris. So that happens twice a year. And that's for your luxury collections. Yeah. Um. So all your big brands show at one of the main fashion weeks. So it, in September this year, we just had spring, summer 2019. So you're almost seeing what you're previewing for the next year. Yeah. So you get to look at, see all the collections in advance. So you can kind of be inspired for like what you're going to be working with on the red carpet okay. over the next, you know, three, four months. Um, and then obviously in the high street, there's a slightly faster turnaround of product like coming out and hitting the shelf. So yep. the PRs always keep me up to date with products that I've got coming out. At the minute in London, um, a lot of the brands are just doing their press days for spring, summer. Some going around all the, you know, the PRs and seeing what they've got in for like spring, summer next year. That is exciting. It does sound like an, an exciting role that you've got. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's really privileged to work with so many amazing brands. Um, and kind of getting like a first peek into like what's coming yeah. out on the high street and what's going to be creating a buzz and you know knowing yeah. um what's going to be hitting the shelves before everyone else does it's it's nice that's really cool so I've got to ask obviously not naming any any names have you ever had like an absolute nightmare with an outfit whether it's been wrecked or whether it's been broken or drink spill have you ever had any disasters like that no I mean obviously. I think the kind of industry that I'm in, it's all about reputation. Yes. And if I, myself and my clients, want to work with these brands... Okay. Um, you know, it's all about looking after things and yep. um, being efficient and 
so on and so forth. So, you know, I always, you know, give like instructions to my clients, you know, this is a really expensive ring, like be super careful with okay. it and so on and so forth. So, you know, there's not been any kind of disasters. Oh, that's so good. Far. That's very good. So if we were to talk about, um, obviously we're coming up to party season, uh, Christmas is around the corner, can you yeah, believe it? I know. What would you say are the key party looks then? So... I would say this season, if you can go for a jumpsuit as opposed to a dress. Okay. Or maybe like a really nice like tailored suit. Um there's loads of um amazing faux furs yes. on the high street at the minute. There's like been a very, very big backlash with fur on the catwalk. So a lot of your big fashion houses like Versace have banned fur. That's so good. everything's going faux fur. So um I think like a little um a little sexy jumpsuit, maybe plunge into the um cleavage or backless with a little faux fur jacket, a cute pair of stilettos and a clutch bag. Nice. And you're off. You're off. Nice. And what I, I need to ask you as well for any ladies listening. So as a female, you always want to dress for your shape. For example, I can't stand my thighs. So I used to never wear trousers, like ever. I used to always wear a skirt, tights, boots. That was always my go-to. What would you recommend for people of different like shapes? So like your pear shape, your apple shape. Is there set things that we should be wearing? So do you know what I got asked this? I get asked this question quite a lot, and the more and more I think about it, I think I feel that we are living in a world now which is all about you know, exception of you know people's sizes, um, whether you're a size four or you're a size twenty four. Yeah. And of course, you can dress a certain way to highlight. Oh, I've got a skinnier waist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got um, you know, um, wearing a flare jean, for example, gives you a more hourglass figure. Yes. And if you're that kind of person that wants to work with that ethos and take out the best parts of your body, then go for it. Similarly, if you really like something, just go for it. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Just go for it. Yep. Like, I feel that. It de- totally depends on what kind of person you are. Yep. And yes, sometimes you might get a dress that doesn't particularly make your thighs look amazing. But if you like the dress and you feel good in it, I know, just it, do it. It could be a very short dress. But of course, <laughs> there, there, there are tricks you can do. Okay. You know, and there are things you can do. And you know, I work with some clients who like, maybe they've got a smaller waist. So we emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, a lot of the time um, to highlight a small waist the best way to actually do it is wear quite something fitted on top mm-hmm. and then add volume to the bottom of your outfit. Yes. So you're kind of like exaggerating your um your your bottom half. Yes. And then bringing kind of um you in at the waist. Bringing you in at the waist. So you're really emphasizing the waist by going out more dramatic at the bottom. Okay. And do you ever see certain colors suit people better? So do you see someone that's got brunette hair suits X like the does colouring come into it? It seems to be quite trendy now to get your colours done. Yeah, colours, like, colours, like, don't work on everybody. Yeah. And everything. I would generally say, like, uh, the tan brunettes are really lucky because that's a kind of generally goes yeah, you, with, like, universal. most, most colours mm-hmm. go with. Um, it just depends. But again, it's, like, kind of like what I said before. It's, like, if you really like something, then just go with it for... For you, um, you know, you can just tell when you put clothes on. 
Yes. It's all about trial and error. And that's the thing about fashion that I think is really important. Always try things on. Yes. I get the best results with my clients when they're not dismissive of things by just looking at them. Yeah. Try it on. Always try something on because sometimes clothes can even surprise me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know you can be in the changing room and look think that looked rubbish in the hanger, but actually it looks good on or vice versa, that looked awesome in the hanger. I mean, when I just go shopping with my friends even on a day-to-day basis, I'll pick them out stuff and they'll be like, oh, I would never have picked that. Right, okay. But just when you try it on, it's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different kind of ball game. Yeah, absolutely. Brings it to life. It does bring it to life. So if we were to end then with your top tips on fashion, say three top tips that people should be conscious of, so whether it's accessorising or whether it's, what would those be? Okay, my number one pet hate is nude shoes. Okay. They really offend me because <laughs> I just think that nude is like, it's like a throw-on thing that you just know it's a safe choice. Okay. So I always think there's a better alternative to a nude shoe. Like a metallic? Yeah, a metallic silver or a metallic gold or like a monochrome. Okay. I just hate nude. I think it's... If I if you ever see me styling on a nude shoe, pull me out. Because I haven't done it for seven years and I never want to. Because I just think it's... I think it's very safe. And I understand why people do it. Because it might be a confidence thing. Like, oh, I don't know what to put with this. But generally, like a, a silver or a gold metallic will go with most things okay second tip would be a lot of the time people don't know whether to go with gold or silver accessories okay and my general rule for dressing is that if you look at the color you're wearing Mm -hmm. and if you think it's a warm color then you accessorize it with gold and if the color looks cold and cooler you accessorize it with silver oh that's a really good one so there's a little tip yeah Sometimes red and navy can be quite um, hard colours to accessorise. Yeah. Also. So they can kind of cross over a little bit. Okay. You can probably do um, a bit of silver or gold with both of them. And third tip. I would say like if you want to get into fashion and if you want to get into styling is definitely like find out what you're good at and stick to it. Okay. Um, You know... I've really found what I'm good at and what kind of styling and client suits me. And I would say maybe when I started out, I was I didn't know really what I wanted to, to achieve. I think it's all about finding yourself. Um, but yeah, just like find out what your passion is. Yep. And then kind of um, go on with it. And I think like the main thing with fashion is to not take it too seriously. Yeah. I think that I always have the mentality that like working with clothes is such a privilege because we live in a world where like not everybody even has access to clothes. So the fact that I can make a career out of it and enjoy them and, um, you know, make women feel powerful and confident in them is amazing. And it's something that I don't, you know, take for granted, but just have fun with fashion and, you know, try things out, trial and error, um, Making the odd mistake can sometimes, you know, teach you a lesson. Yeah, or work out amazingly. Yeah. So, um, just have fun with it and embrace it and, um, yeah, don't take it too seriously. Brilliant. So how can people find you then? So I am on Instagram at at Kelvin Stylist. Um, and you can follow me on my Instagram. And I kind of post all my outfits, um, that I work at, work on, um, on your with my clients on my Instagram. Cool. Um, so I've, got, I've got Twitter as well, but I don't, is Twitter a thing still? It's, I don't, Twitter's one of those ones that's still kind of plodding away. I think people yeah. use it for very different reasons. I use my Twitter now to like, nag at people. <laughs> 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 so when I get my Eon bill, it's too high, I'm like, 
customer complaints. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 People just want to take those complaints right yeah. out of the public. I, I mean, my, I think my Twitter is like pretty much like, is just kind of a, it just kind of like replicates my Instagram. So yeah, definitely Instagram's good. And um, now with Instagram stories as well, that can give people like a little insight into like behind the scenes of oh, my, like, like my day and like how I put my looks together and um, you know, what I'm, what I'm working on and stuff like that. Brilliant. So yeah, if you want to give me a follow on Instagram or ask me any questions, just um, DM me. <laughs> so good. And then maybe one day soon you could take over the Glasgow Girls Club Instagram. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. Thank you for having me. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Laura. Bye. Bye. <laughs>